Hi, and welcome to this episode of Expanded Horizons presented by Scania. I'm writer and journalist Lee Alexander, and today we're discussing how we collaborate to answer the complex questions raised by the future. And we also look at what that collaboration is going to look like as we move into the world ahead. I'm joined by futurist Ada Paris and Hawkins Shield and Jean Rose from Scania to discuss why organizations and great minds need to collaborate to tackle the challenges of the future. Hi, my name is Ada Paris. I'm a futurist, cultural innovator, board advisor, coach and artist. I'm really interested in technology at the intersection of identity, culture, economics and ecosystems. My name is Hakan Schilt and I'm responsible for Scania's Autonomous Solutions Department. The reason why I work at Scania is because I want to transform the transport industry into that sustainable future. Hi, my name is Jean Rose and I work as a strategic project manager at Scania with a focus on entrepreneurship. Besides Scania, I run a network for female entrepreneurs empowering more women in business and I also coach entrepreneurs. So we've each sort of seen um, communication technologies completely transform throughout our lifetimes, the ways that we work together, the ways that we communicate, the ways we express ourselves and receive information about other people um, has completely changed from the time uh, since we've been young. And when we think of this from a future technology angle, it's, uh, it's kind of fun to imagine uh, you know, what this collaboration and what this sort of ongoing networking of, of skills and personalities is going to look like in the future. Um, obviously, these days we have social media, uh, you know, uh, we have sort of collaboration software in our jobs but this is bigger than that isn't it um, yeah so for me when we're talking about collaboration especially in the tech space I think that we're looking at the collaboration of me of the, the technologies mm -hmm. so you can't look at technology in isolation anymore but also the collaboration of the people who are developing it I think there needs to be a diversity of the skill set that are developing the tech but also in terms of what's the output so the automotive industry should work with architects and neuroscientists and everybody I think that it needs to be a bigger conversation I'm not saying that's easy, but I think that in the way that we are moving forward, or the way that we need to move forward in order to have a sustainable planet and sustainable businesses, I think that that's where we need to start those conversations. I totally agree, and we'll get back to sustainability in a, in a moment, but how have you sort of seen this from an entrepreneurial perspective? Um, you know, in your line of work, sort of, what are you seeing in terms of the demand for increased networking or increased collaboration? I mean, the interesting part is that in entrepreneurship, there has to be collaboration. Like if you just look at, for instance, entrepreneurs when they start off, you literally have no money, you have no resources, and none of that is existing. So your only way of succeeding or moving forward is through collaboration with other people, other companies like you were touching on, and just finding people to help you create the thing that you want, the future, basically. Yeah. I think we need, I mean, in order to create the future, we need to collaborate. One, one person or one company cannot change the world, mm -hmm. but everyone needs to collaborate and find those partnerships, but also the win-win situations. Everyone who's collaborating needs to win, and that's, that's a tricky bit. Yeah. A, a lot of times, one or two comes out as winners, and then one or two comes out as losers, and then it's not long-term sustainable. Mm -hmm. Everyone needs to win. 
And that's what then causes com competition between sure. and amongst yeah. each other. And I think that the collaboration for organisations should be at the design end. Yeah. If you want to design a new car or a new product that bring in these different experiences and backgrounds, who companies who are looking at emerging tech from their own perspective, but actually have that roundtable discussion, much like we are here, mm -hmm. I think that that's an important starting point because then you can see the value that each of you can bring mm -hmm. and you can see how something that you're working on here may actually be really useful for another organisation or another product or service. It could be really interesting. It yeah. could be a really interesting business model that fits with their yeah. existing business mm -hmm. models. But exactly, that's mm -hmm. where new business models can start. You can start to look at new business models. True. So in my line of work, so I have a background as a technology critic and a futurist, and now I'm a narrative designer, which sort of means I make up stories for video games, um, and I do story design. I, I work where stories and technology meet, and I always have. And it started where I would sort of be doing a number of different things in silos. There were articles, and there were speaking engagements, and there were, you know, there was marketing work, and then there was storytelling work, and and you know. Especially in, in video games, which is a technology discipline that combines a lot of different um, types of expertise. That you know, the story person, the programmer, the designer, and uh, you know, the the end product was was always sort of challenged by the siloed off nature of these disciplines. And for the, for as long as I've been in technology and storytelling, it's just been this confluence that's zooming forward, where you know everything is storytelling now and everything is technology now, and it's much harder to sort of pick my discipline out from the other ones that I. I need to know in order to execute uh, on my job. How have you? Is there a way that you've seen this affecting your your work as well? Is there? Do you feel that there's a broader range of disciplines now that you need to understand in order to be effective? Definitely. I think uh, it's hard to say that I'm really good at this. So like only focusing on one thing. You kind of have to be more of a generalist. That's mm -hmm. why. Generally, call it like you need to know a little bit of everything. But also think that there's an advantage of knowing that because that's when you know. If we go back to the collaboration space, who do I need to know and who do I need to get help from? Because you're never going to know too much about one thing. Mm -hmm. I think you're always going to need other people to kind of come with their expertise and kind of seeing like, okay, where can I help out? Where am I stronger? Where am I less? Where, where's my weak weaker point? Kind mm. of thing. Yeah. And now in your work as well, you're seeing a lot of different disciplines now come together to create solutions, new solutions for sustainability. So we're not just talking about what's collaboration looking like now and what's coming together in the technology environment now, but we're all able to extrapolate forward a bit and see how this is going to continue to affect what each of us do in the space. So are you seeing sort of a breaking down of barriers or bringing in sort of new types of talent in your, in your work trying to sort of change your industry and to create sustainability there? Yeah, I think we, I mean, it's the autonomous part that I'm working on as my day job. It's, um, it's not the technology only, mm -hmm. it, it means a shift in the way transportation is being done, mm -hmm. which means that uh, and it also means a major change in the in the ecosystem and the business model side, which means that there's a lot of disciplines that needs to come together, not mm -hmm. just autonomous technology, but as you mentioned before, the architects, the the city planners, mm -hmm. the the business side, etc. And all of those needs to form that mm -hmm. collaborative environment, solving one common problem. Mm -hmm. But there's no overarching program. Yeah. That's, that's the difference. It's not a, a Stalinistic five-year plan, mm. but it's rather something that needs to evolve. Mm -hmm. And wherever they find opportunities, things will happen. Mm -hmm. I think the interesting thing about automation and that kind of discipline is the fact that when you start implementing that kind of thing, I know that a lot of people are really worried about what happens to my job. 
what happens if this happens, if we start having aut uh, autonomy in, uh, like in the software, yeah. in yeah. like, is it going to steal all our jobs? Mm. And just seeing that, how does that affect other parts of the world and like mm. of the yeah. society, of people, of resources and all that kind of stuff, like seeing the effects of it. And, and that's, that, that, I mean, that always happens when mm. we have a major technology shift. Yeah. But I think we need to collaborate with society because yeah. it will be, it will be a major transition. One of the biggest, um, biggest industries in the service industry is being a driver. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we are replacing that. But we need to keep in mind that 100 years ago here in Europe, mm -hmm. most people worked in agriculture. Mm -hmm. yeah. And yeah. today it's just a few percent. Mm -hmm. And we managed various transitions due to technology shifts before. Mm -hmm. We used to have phone operators mm -hmm. uh, 50 years ago. And then suddenly we were able to automate those. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a big, I think for me it's a bigger question, what's the purpose of transport? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just getting you from A to B, but there's a whole, the whole social, social, the whole personal, the cultural sure. purpose yeah. of transportation yeah. is, you know, there's a, there's a community side to it, there is the individual, what, how does that impact the individual, whether they are the people driving, the people who are benefiting, so what's the economics of that whole system? Yeah. Yeah, and exactly. I think that all of that needs to be taken into consideration with people who work for the organisation, people who are designing, because it has a bigger societal impact. And for me, that's where the collaboration really starts. When we're talking about this, you know, we are asking people to forge relationships with new forces in the space. Um, and some of those relationships may require them to change the way they understand themselves and their relationship to their work and their relationship to other people. And you've also sort of combined some unusual disciplines in the work that you do. So how do you sort of see negotiating those barriers and bringing together disciplines that are not historically acclimatized to working together? Um, so as you, as you said, with my own work, I've had a background in education, in advertising, in tech, in the arts, and being able to bring all of those together because it started by being able to recognise patterns. Mm. What are the connections between these different ways that I express myself? So mm. I could be, you know, I could be an artist, I could be an entrepreneur, I could be a car driver, I'm all these different things. And looking for what's the connection of how I express myself, so what's my story? Mm. And what's my relationship? then because once I have a better understanding of my own story within that environment, I can then have a very personal relationship with the piece of technology. And that's and what why I like to say everything in tech now is narrative design yeah. because you're negotiating, your, you're sort of choosing your own nodes of relationship to the thing, you're looking for the pattern, yeah. you're looking to repeat that pattern, you're figuring yeah. out what the end-to-end -end story is. But it starts with the individual and then it goes into the bigger piece of culture. So for me, culture is collective storytelling mm -hmm. and it gets to the point of how does my story fit into the cultures that I choose to find myself in or I, or I am already immersed in? So what's the gap between... So culture is collective storytelling. What's the gap between the stories, the external stories, and the internal behaviour? And that's when you start on a very personal level or an organisational level to look at how can we start to bridge some of those gaps? Because when you do that, you then start to bring in other perspectives and understanding of how you can start to use the technologies. And I'm not just talking digital. Technology is a bigger concept than that, but how you can start to use all of those to change the future and create the futures yeah. we want. Yeah. I think you're onto something, because, I mean, that, that storytelling, yeah. I mean, to me, that, that translates into purpose. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, trans, it translates into having a clarity. Yes. And that then, that makes you attractive as a, in 
a collaborative environment. Mm -hmm. If you have a strong purpose, if, if you know why you're doing things, yeah. then then it's easier for others to interact with you. Yeah. And, and, um, Statement I, of intention. I think yeah. individuals yeah. and organizations need to be very clear. Mm -hmm. Where are we going? Where are we heading? And I think it's kind of, we've, we've come a long way in figuring that, that purpose mm -hmm. and direction. Why are we doing things? Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's very, that's attracting partners. That's yeah. that's creating that collaborative environment. Mm. But I also think, like on the other hand, like uh, just thinking about the identity that you're talking about, collaboration. I think it it forces us to have to know who we are yep. like, yes. from yeah. the mm -hmm. beginning. Which yes. makes and that's not really very hard. that's not no. really comfortable for some people. No. Some people don't give themselves permission no. to go down that path exactly. of actually looking at it. Mm. So it creates like a longer path to like, who am I? Where do I want to go? Yeah. Where do I want to end? Who do I need in order for me to get to where I want to yeah. be? Yeah. Kind of yeah. Well, would you say that this sort of clarity of purpose and this, you know, sort of this mission statement is just as important as having an economic model of, of success, if not more so? I would say it's more. More. Yeah. yeah. It's more, more important. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, that provides that direction, yeah. that yeah. sense of clarity. So now, how do we find these collaborative, collaborative opportunities to express our purpose in this? You know, it's, it's all well and good to say, oh, in the, in, the, in the digital future, we will all live by our purpose. But like, how are we going to eat? You know, like, you know, what are we going to, you know, how are we going to, how are we going to find the people whose purpose and direction matches up with ours such that we can manifest the things that we want to create into the world? I would like to say that maybe you shouldn't mm. have to find that. I mm. think a matter of finding where do I fit in and is it okay for me to be who I am mm -hmm. and like the bigger purpose and what I want to do and what I believe in, like more of my values, does that align and it doesn't go against like what I feel like, I don't feel like I'm doing anything wrong mm -hmm. when I'm working. So yeah. I think just like finding where you are. But I think one, one key aspect is most people understand why they started a mm. typical job. Yeah. But very seldom, even after 10 years, people don't know why they're still doing yeah. that job. Yeah. So I think interacting with, with everyone mm -hmm. and saying, is this still okay yeah. for you? Yeah. Is this still your dream? Are you, are you doing what you really want to do? Yeah. Uh, and I think it's helpful then when you have a, an organization that's quite fluid yep. in yeah. allowing people, in, not allowing, enabling people mm -hmm. to explore that side of the, exactly. uh, uh, as they progress through the organisation, mm. and enabling people to have a check-in with themselves and mm. say, is this still the place that I want to be? Yeah. Am I still working towards my own goals and stories, and does that fit in? Yeah. Yeah. And, and are, there, are there compasses, the personal yeah. and the organisation's compass, yeah. are they, same pointing, are they yeah. pointing in the same direction? Because mm. that's quite important, because yeah. mm. then you get that spirit and the culture. Yeah. Uh, and it's OK to recognise that, that they're not aligned. Yeah. It's okay to recognise that because some people, you know, that you'll find that sometimes there are people who have been in the job for 20 years yeah. and actually part of that is fear. Well, people dislike the, change. Yes. They dislike yeah. adaptation. Yeah. You know, people will adapt to try to maintain the status quo yeah. even when they are making noises about being innovators and disruptors yeah. and they've learned to parrot those lines to yeah. keep up with the culture that they want to that they want to, to remain fundamentally still. So when we look at today's social media platforms, there's a lot of unseen politics that determine who gets heard and who gets banned for saying what. It's determined by who's the platform holder and what their values are. And so we have this tension in collaborative spaces between we're in an, an era of identity where the individuals need to be heard more than ever, but in, in an organization of 52,000 people, how do you make those cultural decisions about whose voices get get priority or who's, what, wh whose consensus is, is, is ideal? I think it starts with respect. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
and then it comes into democracy. I think we, we have a very strong foundation in the, in the dem dem democracy and, and the, the thinking that everyone's opinion is relevant and we are equal, etc. I think that's where it starts. Mm -hmm. And then that's, that's the foundation that you really need to start building from. Mm -hmm. uh, respect and, and democracy. And then if you start implementing rules, etc., it will start to become uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. There will be limitations and the discussion, etc., will start failing. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. I yeah. think it's the there are so many different definitions and understanding mm -hmm. of what, what democracy mean, yeah. is. Yeah. So as a starting point, maybe it's maybe, and I'm just as I'm talking here, maybe it's working out what the lexicon is first. Mm -hmm. What's yeah. the language, the shared language yeah. and the shared understanding of that yeah. language. Everyone so might be saying the same word and having a different it's, definition. But it's just like the word innovation. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, I could ask you what innovation means <laughs> and so everybody would have a different, different definition, but we'd all be kind of, this is what I mean by it. Yeah. And I think that it's, it is starting. That, that common language is very important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it might be interesting while we're on the subject to see what, how each of us would de define collaboration through a futurist lens. Like when I ask, we'll start with Ada. When I ask you, what's collaboration look like through a futurist lens? Um, how how would you describe it? Wow. Oh, That's wow! A hard question. <laughs> okay, so I'll say what popped to mind is I'm also a coach, and yeah. so for me, when when I'm working with my coaching clients, we always try to work out what's the goal. Mm -hmm. What does that kind of look like or feel like? And so. This is the idea of what we're working towards and then work backwards. Mm. So this is, okay, so in X amount of years, this is where we would like to be mm. and work backwards. What's the last thing that needs to happen before that and the thing before that and the thing before that and before that? And you end up with a timeline of activities that you need to do or, or tasks that need to be achieved. Mm -hmm. And so you can see that if this, everybody's working towards that end vision, and being flexible about it, you know, being quite organic, but people can see the path they, they see the steps to the path. It doesn't seem like it's such a big leap to where they want to get to. Or that you're modelling in a noisy yeah. space and you're not sure what direction you're headed yeah. in. Yeah. yeah, but people feel included. They feel that they have a sense of autonomy yeah. around the shared vision. So I think somebody mentioned a mission statement or a vision statement. What I really like is um, Umar Haik wrote the Betterness Manifesto. And so when I've worked with organisations, it's helping them to write a betterness manifesto and not just a vision statement, because the betterness manifesto is how are you going to make the lives of your employees better? How are you going to make the lives of your customers better? How are you going to make society better? And everybody feels a sense of um, connection to that. But an article I read the other day actually flipped that a little bit and said, rather than making a statement, have a question. Yeah. It's a vision question. Yeah. So everybody at every point of the day thinks, how am I working towards this? How am I working towards answering that? Because that's where you can start to have collaboration. Because as we alluded to earlier, we can't solve things on our own. And so we need to be able to ask questions to help get to that point. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think that's how I see collaboration. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I think the only thing I would add to that is more, I don't know if you touched upon it, but just making sure that everyone has the win-win-win situation, yeah. but also that everyone's uh, abilities and like the best of everyone is yeah. being utilised mm -hmm. in yeah. a collaborative yeah. space or whatever it is. Yeah.
yeah. but with the shared. Goal. I would say it's a very it's that shared goal, that yeah. shared vision, solving one problem or yeah. several problems. Yeah. But it's also a very creative process, yeah. where everyone is contributing with their various assets. Yeah. Um, and it's that process of co-creating that common solution to the problem, mm -hmm. and um, and making sure that everyone contributes and everyone feels part of the team. Mm. And I think adding to that is that it's about an organisation that recognises human potential. Yeah. Yeah. So your measures of success are not just commercial. Yeah. It's also about helping to help people recognise and strive for their potential personally and professionally mm -hmm. because then people feel that they've, they've got a vested interest. Exactly. And they are more likely to come together to yeah. want to try and collaborate. Mm. I think that's really interesting because one of the things that I see in my work, working with startups and entrepreneurs, is exactly that. That people are like, oh no, I'm not going to choose that company because uh, they don't care about me. Mm. Like It's all about the money, which you totally understand. And I know a lot of organisations say that, okay, our biggest assets are our people. Exactly. Yeah, you don't <laughs> translate it into like, what you're actually doing. Because mm. yeah. if you go back to like the core of a business, like, you need to make money, mm. obviously. Yeah. But how are you going to do that if you don't have the people? Yes, with, with a relationship to themselves, their story, exactly. their purpose. It exactly. sounds like it all comes together in that but, way. But the profit is just the result. Exactly. It starts with something different. Mm. It starts with the people. It starts mm. with the mission. It starts with something that defines that, mm. that company, etc. Mm. And then you get the profit. As a result, the profit is not the target. Yeah. Yeah. That's the result. Yeah. And you should not focus on the This is sort of the way some people approach spirituality. Like, you do the right thing because you get the right thing. And, and theoretically, a life well-lived results in good energy coming back to you. But, you know, that's not why you do it. Yeah. I think I went through your website last night, and one of the things that I like is that it's one of the things that I say to my clients. Your first, as an organisation, your first, your first customers are your employees. Yeah. And there's a great video of the guy with the truck who's going to retire soon and his relationship with that and is recognising that they are more, if they are just as important, if not more important to you than the end users who are going to be benefiting from that. I mean, that's the hardest balance because you want to serve your customers, but at the same time, your people are... Well, your people are like, your customers. Exactly. They are your first customers. Yeah, to me, they are your them. first customers. Mm. This discussion inspired my short story, Grace. It looks at how collaboration can bring unexpected rewards. It's part of the full Expanded Horizons podcast series, and you can carry on listening here or visit the Scania website to discover a collection of stories, films, and more big thinking. Search scania.com slash future room.